Welcome to the Wheelhouse Podcast. Andrew, we're back after week two. How you doing, buddy? Uh, I'm good now, just after sweating it out all weekend. <laughs> it was a rough one, uh, but uh, we'll, we'll get into that. But uh, we're, just so everyone knows it's listening, we are recording on a Monday evening while the uh, Titans play the Bills and the Vikings play the Eagles. Right now the Eagles are up 14-zip. Bills are up 17-7 to on the Titans. Andrew, even though this week is ending as we speak, what did we learn last week? I learned two things. One, no lead is safe. Like, no lead is safe ever until the clock strikes zero. And two, there are so many teams in the league that are 0-2 and 2-0 and that are, like, those records by razor-thin margins. Yeah. I, I think that there's a lot of figuring out to do, and there's a lot of that that's going to be had in this this month. And unfortunately for the teams that have not been able to figure it out, like – you know, it, they're going to incur some early early season losses and be in a deficit. But, like, the margin of difference between a lot of these teams hasn't really shown yet. Like, right. it's just been just one bad break or one play or something, like, just something that's gone the wrong way in a lot of these games. It's it's kind of crazy how close a lot of these teams are besides a couple. I have a feeling of, like, who's good. But, yeah, I mean, it, it's just – it's been such razor-thin margin so far. And – I think it just yeah. comes down to the fact that, like, literally, you, you can't expect to have a double-digit lead with whatever time is remaining on the clock in the fourth quarter. It doesn't matter. It's not going to be out. Of, it's not going to be out of the person's hands until, literally, until the game ends. Yeah, just to add on what you said, it does feel like the first four weeks really are the preseason. I don't really think we're really going to know how teams are going to look going forward until after week four. We'll we'll see because some of these like zero and two teams you're talking about they might be two and two by the time we get to week five right so we'll see but uh, for me it's a little more personal Raiders are just bad I mean they're just bad dude all that talent on paper it really doesn't matter if the key kind of like drivers of that team don't really perform better head coach and the quarterback they're just uh, it's just it's been bad for two weeks in a row I feel like um. The Raiders were up 20 to zero. I mean, it's one of the worst losses I can remember in a while. Um, they just seemed to got they seemed to get really conservative and scared at some point during the third quarter. I mean, I couldn't get the game where I'm at, but they stopped showing it on red zone after a while because that game was over. You know, it was just over. And then the Cardinals came all the way back, and you know, you have to you have to step on a team when they're down. I, I'm not sure if you saw it going into halftime, but the Raiders went up. By 20, they scored a, mm-hmm. another touchdown. I mean, at that point, they had looked like they had quit the Cardinals, and that's when you step on them, right? The Raiders didn't do that for whatever reason. Um, and, yeah, there's been a lot of frustrating Raider losses in the last couple of years, but this one feels particularly bad because I think there's been – there's some expectations, at least for me as a fan. I think even for betters, uh, I'm not sure if you – listened around to different, you know, sports shows today or podcasts. I think there was a lot of people that had money on the Raiders <laughs> over the weekend. And a lot of people yeah. were pretty pissed off. Um, I'm one, I'm one as well that had money on the Raiders. Uh, that's my fault, but still it was pretty frustrating. I mean, I even got to a point where like, look, I, I don't care that I'm losing this bet right now. I just want the Raiders to win. They couldn't even do that. You know, um, they're just not a good team right now. And that's that old, Bill Parcells adage, you are what your record says you are, right? 
Right now, teams like the Raiders and the Bengals and maybe even the Titans after, <laughs> you know, this this game here. Uh, some playoff teams that are 0-2 now. Uh, they're not good teams. So time to look in the mirror. Yeah, but to your point, like you said, there's still time to recover. I mean, look, mm-hmm. the added advantage of adding an extra game this season is that there's more time to kind of recover than there was in the past. But, I mean, it's it's not good, obviously. it's it's it, you, You'd rather at least be, you know, 500. Like, I'm starting to be thankful that the Chargers are 500 now, even with right. the way that Thursday ended. It's still like, well, at least they got one because it's tough to – it's just tough to be in an 0-2 spot and try and recover – but man, yeah, I, I mean, it literally was just a video game at one point where it's just like, look, if Murray is running around, if Kyler Murray is just going to run around, that's literally what's going to work. Like that's what happens. And it's yep. crazy to see how, how he pulled it off. I, I will say it's your point about the red zone thing. They had to switch it off because of broadcast restrictions because they can't just air a single game and they had to give it to CBS. But of course it was kind of the implication of like, but we definitely didn't expect this to go this long, and neither did anyone else. <laughs> right, know? right. Yeah, I mean, it should have never gotten to that point. But, you know, they mm-hmm. all they could score in regulation in the second half was three points, Andrew. That was it. That's yeah. all the Raiders could muster. They even had a chance in overtime to win the game. They're at their own 40. Send Carlson out there and just end the fucking thing. But, yeah, it definitely that definitely was uh, that definitely was in contention for the Anthony Lynn Express. <laughs> but, uh why don't we go ahead and go to the awards, Andrew? Uh, and yeah. let, let's start on a positive note. This is, uh, I can't believe I'm writing this here on my notes, but the Joe Harris Award, Andrew, I'm going to go ahead and give it to Tua Tungavailoa. Uh, you and I said on the last podcast, well, he's going to have to prove it now, right? He's playing a good defense, no excuses. He had six touchdowns, Andrew. <laughs> um, and it was looking real bad. I remember texting you during the first couple uh, hours of the uh, of the Sunday, just, up two or two picks already. It's looking looking bad. And then, man, uh, I will say a lot of it was just bad defense by the Ravens. But hey, look, they took advantage. Tua had some nice throws in there, even on some uh, plays where he had to make a play. He made a play. Um, yeah, I, I gotta give it to Tua. Uh, I mean, it's absolutely insane that I saw him throw six touchdowns. Like it's absolutely I nuts. I never, I never. Never thought I would see that stat line from him ever. He, um, he ran the gamut. Yeah, like they did run the gamut. It was incredible. And what they did to come back against the Ravens, another game that it was one of those games where I was 35 to 14. I looked away for a moment and I, I feel know. like as soon as I turned my head back, it's 35, 35. And I'm just thinking what, huh? <laughs> like <laughs> what happened? And Lamar didn't play bad. Lamar played great in that game. Like that's, Lamar was having a great game. Maybe his best that's, game is a, a passer. Yeah, that's like the other stunning part about it. Lamar played fantastic. It's just the defense just disappeared. I, it was a lot of blown coverages. I, the Raiders and and the Ravens just man, talk about having to go on the lamb. Those defenses, well, just those teams, they got to go on the lamb, my dude. Yeah, I agree. Um, by the way, can I give a can I give a, a semi contender for the other what my pick would have been? If sure. It wasn't Tua. Sure. Um, Amon Ross St. Brown for the Detroit Lions. Oh, yeah. This guy can do some things. Oh, yeah. He, he can looked do really, some things. <laughs> looked really good. Uh, he caught two touchdowns. He, excuse me. Yeah, he caught two touchdowns. He, he got nine catches for 116 yards. He also ran twice for 68 yards, including a 58-yarder. He would look really, I mean, he was just so dynamic for the, for the Lions. 
was really awesome to see their offense kind of humming. Made Jared Goff look great. Uh, <laughs> it, it was really nice outing, like just an awesome outing for Amon St. St. Brown. It was really cool. Yeah, it's some incredible stats, and we saw a glimpse of it at the end of the last season. In the past two weeks, he's been balling out and really broke out this past game, definitely. I, I think if not for Tua having six touchdowns, it would, probably would have been saying maybe him or even Cooper Rush. Um, speaking of comeback kids, Mike Glennon Award, Andrew, your boy, Joe Flaccid Flacco. Yeah. Um, how did he do this? <laughs> Like, the Browns fucked I up, but he kept the minute. He well, I mean, he played consistently well the entire game. To be honest, like he did yeah. play out of his mind the last two minutes, but it was like 2012 Joe Flacco step, stepping out of a time machine. Uh, I can't believe, like four touchdowns, no picks. I mean, he was just accurate. Garrett Wilson was incredible too. The the receiver that they drafted this year out of he was fantastic, and I just. Yeah, I don't know. I was I was expecting Flacco to put up a more horrendous effort, and he didn't. Yeah, he, he didn't. Um, it, it was shocking. I think a lot of this had to do with the Browns allowing opportunities, but he played pretty well throughout the game, um, especially towards the end. I don't know. It's like he could smell it, man. Uh, but uh, <laughs> when you lose to the flaccid Flacco, man, you got to go back to the drawing board. But uh, maybe that's what happens, Andrew, when you sign Deshaun Watson. But that's... Maybe another conversation for another day. All right. The Bull Strategy Cotton Award. I, uh, I'm i going to go ahead and nominate Mike McDaniels. Uh, late into the game, he got Tua going. They were hammering away at Waddle. I'm not sure how much of that game you got to see, but started hammering away at Waddle in the middle of the field. Eventually, it just started opening plays for Hill. Now, part of that was a lot of busted coverages. I don't know what happened with the Ravens there, if it was miscommunication or just... They were so concerned with Waddle all of a sudden. But, I mean, you should never get one-on-one with this guy. Then again, maybe not one-on-one with either one, which makes it a very difficult proposition, right? But as soon as they started hitting the hill for a couple of 40-yarders, I mean, the Ravens, they were all, I mean, they were split up all over the place. And uh, I think McDaniels, he's looking pretty good as a first-year head coach so far. And I thought he had a he had some amazing, uh, you know, game or play calling towards the end of the game. Yeah, uh, it has to go to him. I mean, the fact they get, they get the double dip in the awards this week. Like yeah, they, oh yeah. it, it was, it's inc- the speed, the pure speed of Waddle and Hill was just so unfathomable as far as how it just completely decimated the Ravens secondary. And it goes credit to Mike McDaniels for setting that up and especially being able to, as you said, open things up in the fourth quarter and just be able to see the just, absolute uh, mind-numbing amount of agility from these guys as a duo. I mean, they had a historic outing yesterday. Oh, yeah. And I think and I think that just speaks to, like, the way they were able to be set up. This is – I mean, this, this is arguably – I mean, we could be looking at the best wide receiver duo in the league. Like, they legitimately are in that conversation. And I have to give a lot of credit to the team for being able to trade for Hill and now being able to kind of set it up this way in Mike Daniels – uh, Mike McDaniel's offense. I would like to see the run game getting working a little bit more, but you know, when you're throwing like this, it doesn't really matter. Obviously right, you can right. pick all you want. So we'll see what happens, but yeah, incredible game plan, incredible offensive ex- execution. Hats off to Mike McDaniel's. Yes. And, and you know what? 
has he's well known for having uh well he was well known for great run game coordination in San Francisco so I would like to see that too I agree with you a little bit more of a running game but like you said you have Waddle you have Hill historic day both had two touchdowns over 150 yards I don't think that's ever happened before uh no in history in NFL history and then here's the other thing you got Gasecki a tight end he's this big target agile big and quick as well for a tight end again huge target i don't know how you defend all that and if they do have a little bit of a running game and they can just block for him block for tua man they're they're going to be really interesting as the season goes on uh obviously we'll get to them at buffalo or them playing buffalo a little bit later but yeah they 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 got rewarded by us i think and they earned it um let's yeah. go let's go a little bit the opposite direction though cowboy joe west award uh andrew i nominate sean hockley and the barbell express crew uh i sent you the clip during the game that's one of the worst calls so let me set this up for everybody listening bucks at saints okay it's three three this game is a defensive just you know stalemate here it's metapod versus metapod andrew just using harden after harden right Mm-hmm. And it's a it's a third down, and it's an incomplete. Uh, no, it's not incomplete. It's basically a tackle, and it's going to be a fourth down. Bucks are going to have to punt this one, right? Sean Hockley and the uh, Barbell Express call unnecessary roughness, and both the announcers are like, "Yeah, I don't know about that one." Even the they bring in the uh, the referee commentator, "Yeah, I don't know about that one." And it broke open the game, Andrew. I, you know, I hate it when the zebras make it about themselves. And again, you know, Sean, like his like his father, screwed it up for everybody. I I hate that Marcus Lattimore got tossed. Mm-hmm. I hate it. I think it sucks, and it absolutely liberated Brady and the offense to do what they needed to afterwards. Because that, I mean, it really it 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 really was just uncalled for as far as what. I mean, Mike Evans just doing that. I, I get him being suspended for a game afterwards, which can't, sure. was handed down today. But, but man, like, look, Marcus is just chirping. Like, that's really all he was doing. You let yeah. it get to you, and they got and they and they. You got other guys chirping back at him. So yeah, what's exactly. the difference here? And I, I, I think today what I saw was a lot of people going to that. Right? Yes, I get it. Lattimore getting kicked out of that game. It definitely was the backbreaker but that first call there right before Lattimore got tossed I just you know what that to me really was the thing that changed the whole momentum of that game because if they don't call that stupid penalty Andrew that's a punt and then who knows where we're at right the game just completely turned on its head on that drive and it started with that bad call yeah Uh, well in succession with that other terrible call (laughs) Uh, continuing down this horrible rabbit hole, Andrew, uh, the Anthony Lynn Express Award. You know what? There were so many good ones, so I'll, I'll give you some choices here. And if you want to throw one in, please, by all means. Uh, we got you could choose Kevin Stefanski. You let the Jets win after a hundred. You let the Jets win after being up with a minute fifty-five left on the clock. You got Nathaniel Hackett. Um, there's a myriad of things I could bring up here. And then lastly, uh-huh. our guy, Josh McDaniels. You were up 20 to zero. Which would you like, Andrew, for the uh, Anthony Lynn Express? I, 
Well, I have to correct you on on one of the naming conventions. Uh, I believe Nathaniel's middle name is actually Can't because it's Nathaniel Can't have it because he absolutely cannot as a head coach right now. My God, some of the things that were going on in the Broncos game yesterday. Oh. Like, do you want me? Like, I'm Please, not sure how ahead. much of it you followed. Go well, ahead. Okay, Andrew. so there was. I can't even, where do I start? So first of all, the fans are getting on them because the offense is horrendous and can't do anything in the red zone. So they're, they're kicking field goals when they should be scoring touchdowns, a continuation from last week or fumbling that also that being a choice as well. There was the decision to attempt a 54, a 54 yard field goal in the third quarter from the Houston's 36 yard line instead of going for it on fourth and two, very similar to what they did last week. There was also another time that I, they were, in contention for kicking a field goal, they drew a delay of game penalty and then ended up punting it away. They had another instance where they had a delay of game because they just couldn't get their, like they just were not able to get their offensive set in time, which is just mind numbing. They have way of burning timeouts. Like it was going out of style clock management to the point where the fans at the stadium in their home crowd were counting down the play clock so that the team wouldn't miss it. Like, damn, that's a bad beat. I, I I cannot believe just like the comedy of errors in one game from this guy in his second game as a head coach. Like, I, it's just absolutely mind-numbing. But this is the thing that makes me mad every offseason. Everybody makes these assumptions about these new head coaches every year, and and because they're media darlings or they're friends with these guys on TV – I can't I can't tell you how many shows were like oh the Denver's going to be great cuz they got Wilson and this guy Hackett he's a he's an offensive genius. That has nothing to do with head coaching. This is example A Andrew and I think uh you know a warning to anybody, you know, when you're hiring a coach just cuz there's some offensive guru he never called plays in in Green Bay by the way doesn't mean they know shit about big picture managing a game. I, like, the stuff you're talking about, like, a kid that plays Madden all the time could do better than this fucking guy. It, it's incredible how he got this job. Yeah, it, this this is going to end badly for him. I, I Denver might be one and one, but, boy, you know, they, they just played a, a team that... <laughs> they played a Texans team that I feel like is trying to get the first overall pick. You know, uh, man, if well, man, yeah. that, that Denver team is not good. That Denver team is not good. I mean, I guess, I mean, it, it's just, it's the fact that they just fail to utilize their talent so abhorrently. Like that's the yeah. thing that kills me. Yeah. Like they just have such talent mismanagement. It absolutely kills me. And yeah. I just don't understand. I just don't understand what their damage is, especially with the long field. The long field goal things need to stop. Brandon McManus stop must be blackmailing Hackett or something. I mean, why is he He's sending McManus to. out there? I, well, like, I like McManus just fine. It's just, do you really want to, is that your best play? Do you think kicking a 56-yarder every single time is your it's best not Tucker. play? Tucker. I know. And he, yeah. Man, I, I, I don't think he's prepared. And I don't think he knows what to do and he panics. Yeah, he, I don't know. Well, let, We'll reevaluate after four weeks as we as we usually do, Andrew. But uh yeah, I don't think he can hack it for, for a whole season. Uh mm -hmm. let, let's wrap up our awards with our favorite our favorite football guy, Andrew. The Jeff Fisher football guy award. 
And, uh, Andrew, I-, I nominate the Indianapolis Colts organization. You tie with the Texans oh, only due to their own incompetence, and you're humiliated by the Jags. This, I mean, wow. Talk about lackluster. There's a picture of Matty Ice right there. I, I really just want to go up to the offensive staff and say, what's your damage? Like, what <laughs> happened? I, I don't – you know, look, I will give you credit. You 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 were hit, you were nailed it with the fact that the Jaguars were going to score points because you said that Trevor Lawrence has seen this defense and he's going to look better than you assume. And you were right. You were absolutely right. They ran the ball super efficiently. James Robinson looks awesome. Man. They, were really good at making that. They were really good at moving the ball down the field, and they did such a great job of managing that game. I have to give Doug Peterson a lot of credit. He also had a great game plan on offense. But sure did. Good lord, what what is going on with Matty Ice? And just the fact that they're so inefficient running the ball right now, I don't get it. I and don't get it. They can't block, just, Andrew. They can't block. No, they can't. Why? That's the thing. Like, why yeah. can't they block? They can't block. This team should not. Their, their defense is bad. I expected the defense it. at least to, you know, hold up a little bit, make it difficult. Man, they you're right. Doug Peterson, great, great game plan. They were multidimensional. They were doing a lot of a lot of different kinds of runs. I, Lawrence was in complete command. I mean, he looked great. Yeah. I mean, that they're frisky, man. That Jags team is frisky. I don't know if they make the playoffs or even break five hundred by the end of the year, but man, that's a frisky team. Very exciting. Um, yeah. Yeah. Well, why don't we move to our uh, week two lines, Andrew? Uh, our lines are always by betnow.eu this year. And uh, a couple of these lines, Andrew, I'm going to just give them to you before the game started that some of these teams are currently in, like the Bills or Minnesota. So just FYI, we're going to start with our... Uh, Chris Berman, prime time block. Uh, Sunday, Bills at Dolphins, Andrew. Who would have thunk that this would be a big fucking deal? Bills, Andrew, I'm going to give you four and a half over under 51 and a half. What do you got? Uh, what was that prop bet about Tua not starting after week five? I don't think well, it's that's so over. Hot. That's uh, over. Yeah, that's, <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's dead and gone. Oh uh, man, yeah, what a matchup, man! This is this is suddenly ex- this is Sunday intriguing. He Andrew, yeah, this is pretty good, man. Okay, well, the Bills are absolutely crunching the Titans right now. They're oh, yeah. they're looking very well. Their offense is a is a well oiled machine. They pass and run with a great efficiency. They've been looking really good. Allen has three um, touchdowns already. <laughs> uh, yeah, I. You know, I mean, look, the Bills haven't really had anyone gain a lead on them out of the gate, and the Dolphins haven't really been able to do that themselves. Um, they were right. able to against the Patriots because they were just so lackluster. But they, I think, man, this is really kind of an intriguing game just from the standpoint of, like, all the offensive weapons, which is the first thing you would focus on. But I could also see both defenses playing really well. I think I could see both sides just having really good game, game plans against each other because it's a division game. Also, it's in Miami, which sucks, and right, that's right. kind of a big that's kind of a big thing I look at too. I think this game goes under actually, just because I think there's going to be a lot of defensive scheming, a lot of defensive scheming. There are a ton of offensive weapons. I totally get it. I do think the Bills kind of are the one team that can break away a little bit, 
But I also really like Buffalo's defense a lot, and I like Miami's defense enough. I know they just got lit up by Lamar, but I also think that Lamar was played incredible on Sunday. Right. I I think it could be as I I think it's actually going to be the under. I still take the Bills here to cover because I think they just have too much going for them. They just they're I mean they're a team that's they're trying to make a Super Bowl run. They're on a mission. I think they're a team that knows they know who they are. They're on a mission. I this is going to be a really good game. I think it's going to go probably until about the middle of the fourth quarter before Buffalo's breaks away. But it's, it's really interesting though. I agree, but uh, I like Buffalo here in the over and look, Miami, they had a big win over Buffalo or excuse me over uh, Baltimore. But uh, I think Buffalo's defense is a little bit more prepared to, to face Miami. They got great safeties there. They play, I think more disciplined team defense than, than Baltimore right now. Uh, and we've seen that so far uh, in the beginning of the season. Uh, look, I definitely think it's a challenge with Waddle and Hill. Don't get me wrong. But Buffalo has a little experience with Hill already. Uh, mm-hmm. I just feel like Buffalo is going to handle their business. I think in a couple of weeks, if, if the Dolphins continue, you know, what they established in Baltimore uh, and continue forward, man, the second time these guys play each other, whew. It could be a little bit more dicey, but I think Buffalo is just the more seasoned team right now, and I'll, I'll take Buffalo here. Uh, all right, Sunday, Lions at Vikings. Vikings 7 over under 53.5. What you got? How is this on a primetime block? Like, this is just because the Lions are right frisky. Now. <laughs> oh, my God. Um, I. Th- I, I like the Lions a lot as far as scoring points, so I, I think the over is fine. Mm-hmm. I, I think they'll cover just because they're really good at it, and they did it that week one. I think they'll do it again, and they did it last week, of course, too. Um, I think they could do it here. I do think the Vikings will be in control, and I think the Vikings will actually win the game, but I do mm-hmm. think the Lions can cover because they're really – they're just – I mean, they score points. They're no, they know how to score points. Their offensive line play is really good. I really like their offensive line. They still got a lot of problems on defense. So, and the Vikings mm-hmm. have a lot of mi- matchup issues for them. So they're probably going to be able to score more volume early on. But yeah, I mean, this Lions team is frisky. They'll hang around for sure, but I yeah. don't think they're going to end up winning the game. I agree. Uh, but look, I love the Lions, and uh, they covered week one. They've covered week two. I expect that trend to continue. Look, they have a very diverse offense. The running game is obviously the focal point in Swift. He's a stud. But as we've brought up last couple pods now, the St. Brown is making this passing offense emerge. And Buffalo, in my lifetime, really has never had both at the same time. Even during those Stafford and Megatron years, their running game fucking sucked. And this is like, this Detroit team... It's the first time I feel like in my lifetime I can remember the team being multi-dimensional on offense. It's kind of crazy. And mm. they were down starters on their line, Andrew, and they still blocked fucking good uh, against Washington. So they have a strong offensive line. Uh, I'm not bold enough to say the Lions are going to win, but cover, hell yeah. And, of course, definitely the over. I mean, the Lions have scored, let me see, what was the score this past weekend? Backtrack here. I apologize. I mean, again, 35 points week one, 36 points week two. I expect a lot of points again, like you said. Definitely like these Vikings. 
speaking of another team I'm kind of riding with a lot, and again, you're going to be like, how the fuck is this on the primetime block? Jags at Chargers. Chargers 7 over under 48. What do you got? Um, well, the problem is that we need to see the injury report before anything can be determined here. This is kind of a tricky part for the Chargers because Keenan Allen still recovering from a hamstring issue. Obviously, Justin Herbert getting the rib cartilage in- injury. I I think he'll play. It really depends on his recovery. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's not a broken rib, so there's that to consider. But it's just I've heard it's just very painful, and it takes a couple months to fully recover. So I don't know what the deal is as far as their management there goes. Uh, Donald Parham still trying to recover from his hamstring injury. They're, the Chargers team is a little banged up on offense, so it's hard to say. I, Assuming Herbert does play, yes, they should win. I don't think they cover, in my opinion, wow. because I think the Jaguars are actually pretty good as far as like being frisky. I would love for the Chargers to cover. I don't think they're ready to separate themselves yet. This is a good team. I think they're really good on defense. I don't think they're figuring it out on offense yet enough for me to say that they cover. Wow. And I don't know. I see this being very conservative from them. I I could see, but I I will say it might be like slightly over that over under is pretty evil, but uh, it's tough though. Like I said, the injuries really make it hard to kind of gauge where they'll be at in this game. So that's why I'm a little apprehensive. Also, also you remember Corey Lindsley, their center and Trey Pipkins also got hurt during that Kansas city game and they got banged up in KC. So that's why it's a little hard to gauge. It's definitely tough to gauge with the injuries, but I get the feeling Herbert's going to tough it out. He's a tough, he's a tough son of, but son of a gun, but um, I think Herbert toughs it out. I'm really tempted to take the Jags here and I probably should, but I just think the Chargers overall just too talented, and uh, Lawrence has got a hell of a task to face that defense. If anything, mm-hmm. I think the Chargers defense kind of wins the day, and I like I like the Chargers to cover. I like the under. Um, there's not going to be really a home field advantage for anyone, which kind of serves the Chargers in a way because I don't yeah. think anyone's going to really show up for the Chargers. Jags are not known for traveling, so I kind of feel like. This is good for the Chargers. Um, but I hear you. I just I just feel like the Chargers, there's just too much too much going on for them. That's too much for the Jags to overcome talent wise. Yeah. yeah. All right. It's 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 a it's a weird one. It is a weird one. It is, it is. Uh we'll see, man. That if the Jags pull that out, we're gonna have to really think about them in, in some bigger ways, but I got the Chargers mm-hmm. here. All right. Trying out some new things here, Andrew. B-Dubs Express, which is the watchables. So uh, I kind of imagine these are, I would call these decent games to watch, you know, at a bar or whatever. Not like the best games, but definitely intriguing. Sunday Raiders at Titans. Raiders won over under 46. What do you got? Well, uh, the Titans look like they don't belong in the same field as Buffalo right now. So they're <laughs> going to be looking. They're, they're going to be first need to recovering from that. First of all, I, I think the Raiders finally get this thing done. They got they got to get it done. Now, of course, the Titans are desperate, too. I mean, this is going to be it's looking like the 0-2 Express because this is not looking too great for both teams. But I got to think the Raiders probably do this. I, I think they just have enough talent to figure it out. Um, it's just a matter of having their their big guys play well enough. So I I would say they win. But I don't know. This is 
this is tough because both teams are going to be so desperate in this game. Yeah. As far as the over-under goes, I I don't know, I guess over, but I, I couldn't call it either way. It's really tough. This is sort of a stay away from me. Yeah, this is kind of like if you want to vote for a turd sandwich or a giant douche. I guess I'll take the Raiders and the over, but I don't feel good about it. I definitely feel like the Raiders are going to be playing to overcompensate, you know, like they're going to be trying too hard. I feel like the Titans won't do that, but as we can see with this Bills team, which is out of control, I mean, it's 34 to 7, uh, you know, the Titans are not very good. Uh, I would not bet this one. And it, and Andrew, I don't know, is this our first loser leaves town matchup of the year already? Because if one of the one of these teams is going to be own three. In the AFC. In the AFC. Yeah. I mean, uh, it if might it's the be, Raiders, man. if the Raiders lose, they are out of it. I mean, they are done already. After three that's weeks. Rough. Yeah, that, that's that, rough, man. Yeah. Yeah. That's pretty rough. Especially the AFC West. That just it's I feel like they have to get this win. And I'm gonna pick them, one. but they I have don't to feel get good it. about uh, it. The Titans Yeah. Yeah. As far as the Titans go, I mean, as far as the Titans go, I mean, the AFC South is just terrible, so it doesn't really matter, honestly, for them. Still have time to catch up, but yeah. as far as the Raiders go, they have to win this game. Look, I mean, if if the Titans lose here, we got to be excited about the Jags because that's a very winnable division for, for the Jags if the Titans are really this mm-hmm. bad. It, it's very, very winnable for the Jags. All right, let's move on to Pack at the bucks bucks three over under 44 what do you got man <laughs> packers pack, packers just hate going to tampa this sucks. this is a this is a crummy matchup for them it is i'm gonna go ahead and say i'm gonna say it's gonna probably be the bucks and and the under because the bucks just love to play defense this todd bulls team is so defensive minded obviously mm-hmm. and i don't think they really got everything they need on offense yet to figure it out but this bucks team is really good again I don't, I don't know if people have been talking enough about that. I know everyone's all focused on Brady and his drama rama, but I think it's more about this Bucks defense. They're so good, mm-hmm. and I think they're going to be able to keep Aaron Rodgers and company in check. This is going to be a really, this is going to be a tough game, but especially a tough game for the Packers. Just not going to be able to produce much offense. So I got, I got the Bucks in under here. I, I'm in total agreement. I, this Bucks defense is playing almost as good as that Super Bowl winning year for them they're looking really really good um i think you know i think we're gonna see a lot of fournette in this game and with mike evans out there's just not a lot of targets right now that brady trusts i think we'll see a lot of fournette let me ask you something because i've been seeing this online all day today andrew do you think that if the bucks have success it'll be the team carrying brady or do you think it's just some early woes in the season and that Brady will come around? What's your what's your inkling on Brady so far and going forward? I think it's going to be more defensive-minded, man. I think Brady just has gotten worn down by whatever the hell's going on off off the field. The injuries to some of the receivers. I, also, keep in mind, Mike Evans isn't going to be in this game too, so there's that right. as well. But I think – I don't know, man. I think Brady – I think Brady, this is going to be his last year, and I think he's already thinking about next year. I yeah. think he's thinking about what's going on. His mind is not – I don't think his mind is on football, but he's still playing well. Like, he's still throwing the hell out right. of the ball. Like, physically, he's fine. Physically, he's totally fine. I just think mentally he's he's 
getting a bit of a beating. And I think it's going to be more incumbent on this defense. I think this Bucks team is just going to be much. It's going to be carried by this defense. I really believe that. And yes. I think the offense just has to do enough to be able to win. Yeah, I agree with you. I don't think it's so much due to his decline, which is kind of the implication I've been seeing. I just think this defense is a potential super, excuse me, a potentially Super Bowl winning uh, defense. But also just I think there's a lot of injuries on that offensive side and a lot of guys in and out. It's it's kind of difficult for Brady. He, he depends on a lot of consistency, right? So mm. I, I do think it'll be more of not so much that he's declining, just it's a little bit of a touch-and-go situation on offense. All right, last one here for the B-Dubs Express. Rams at Cardinals. Rams four over under 51. What do you got? Man, um, another weird one. Well, obviously the Rams have just completely owned the Cardinals in right. the last few years. Cliff Kingsbury doesn't hold a candle to Sean McVay. Uh, I got to believe that that's going to continue. Now, do I like the Rams? Not no. necessarily. I still am <laughs> very concerned about some of the things they pulled in the fourth quarter yesterday against the Falcons. Like that was pretty inexcusable from a lot of standpoints. Their offense oh, yeah. is still a bit shaky. Like I like I like the weapons that they have, and I like when they're in rhythm. But man, when when they're not, like they stall and they stall hard, and oh, it's really yeah. scary for for them. Look, I think this team is just it's just a super it's a team that's full of like superstar guys who need to perform well, and when they don't, they're in trouble. But I still think they'll have a better game plan. They'll better manage the clock, all that. And I still think they beat the Cardinals because the Cardinals just pulled off some voodoo yesterday, like some absolute voodoo. Kyler was just, I, I, I'm not even sure what superlative I would use with him, but he, it, it, someone said it was like playing as Michael Vick and Madden 04, where you're just like, I'm just going to run around for a hundred yards and then chuck the ball or run around and just like beat the entire defense with my legs. Cause that's all he did. He's not going to be able to do this this game. Aaron Donald and that D line know how to play him, and they're going to corral him. So I I feel I feel the the under here, and I think the Rams cover. Yeah, I'm a, I'm in agreement with you. I think it's the Rams cover under. I think this will be the first game the Rams look good overall front to back. Uh, I don't think we're going to see our our Sunday uh, Matt Stafford Apple turnovers as much. Um, yeah, and, and Kingsbury's still a bad coach. I mean. They almost had two delay of games at the end of that Raider game, man. I mean, one, they had to call a timeout, and and then on that two-point play, they, they got a delay of game again. You know, they actually got it uh, that time. So, yeah, uh, this is just a bad matchup for the cards. It just is. All right, moving on to the barely watchables, Phil Simms, Bland Bananas. Ravens at Patriots. Ravens three over under 43 and a half. What do you got? <sighs> I don't want to watch this Patriots offense anymore, please. I just, I'm so, I'm so, I'm so over it. I'm so, I'm so tired of pencil pusher Patricia being involved with this. Like, can we stop? Uh, look, I got, look, this Ravens team is demonstrably better than this Patriots offense as far as offense goes. But of course the Ravens have a lot of problems on defense, which I don't think Mac Jones is going to be able to expose necessarily as much. And I don't think the Patriots have the offensive weaponry to expose it. Bill Belichick may have a good plan, but I don't think they have the personnel to expose it, which I think is the key difference here. So I like the Ravens to cover. I probably have the under it's going to be close, but I like this Ravens offense. and I think they're going to do enough. Lamar's just playing really well. 
he's he's playing like a man on fire. But yeah, I don't want to see this Patriots offense anymore. Yeah, I think it's a Ravens covering the under. It's a low scoring game, but Lamar has he's had his way with Belichick. One of the few guys that's had his way with Belichick. Um, Patriots, like you said, that offense is just lackluster. Uh, I can't see the Ravens losing two games. I just can't in a row. Um, yeah, give me the Ravens here. Uh, let's go to Saints, Panthers, Saints three over under 40 and a half. What do you got? Um, do we want to check the temperature of the seat that Matt Rule's sitting on? Because it's starting to get a little warm. <laughs> uh, man, look, this is a tough one. I'm actually going to go ahead and go with the Saints in this game. I don't. <laughs> It depends which version of Jameis Winston shows up, to be honest. I think the better show, version will show up in this game. This is a tough break for the Panthers because I actually like, kind of like their roster and their defense, but they just can't seem to get any consistency going on on offense and their, any rhythm whatsoever. I like the Saints defense here, and I like them to play uh, pretty well in this game. I think they'll cover it. I think the game – I'm going to say I'm going to say under on this one. Against my better judgment, I'm going to go ahead and take the Panthers to cover and the under. Uh, I can't get out of my head what I saw Jameis Winston do yesterday. I can't, Andrew. That was just bad. Uh, <laughs> look, the Saints defense is tough. No no bones about it. But their offense, man, he, he just, I don't know. I just, Jameis is good week one, and then that's, I think that's it for the rest of the year. I just I those two interceptions back to back. I just oh, it's brutal. Uh, I would not bet this game. By the way, <laughs> I would not bet yeah. this game. Hide uh, your kids. Hide your wife. Yeah, hide your kids. Hide your wife. All right, Andrew. Eagles at Commanders. Eagles three over under fifty. What do you got? So, I I mean the the Eagles themselves uh, because they've been playing pretty well on offense. I kind of like him in this matchup. Obviously this is a, <laughs> this is a Carson Wentz revenge game, but <laughs> okay. But I don't expect him to get much revenge in this game. So I'm, I like the Eagles. I like the over cause the commanders just can't play defense, but they also seem to just chuck it up and play offense. So I like the over and I also like the Eagles to cover in this game. Yeah. I'm in agreement. I like the Eagles to cover and I like the over Eagles put up a lot of points. The commanders, uh, not very good overall. Um, I'm sure they'll get some junk time points, which is what happened against the Lions. But Lions were, you know, comfortably in control. I feel like a lot of that game, Eagles, I think, uh, equally as good, if not better than the Lions. They proved that week one. They won. Um, so, yeah, go ahead and give me the Eagles here. Uh, all right. Another fun one, Andrew. It's I can't believe this is spicy. Cowboys at Giants. Giants three over under 39 and a half. What do you got? Man, I, I, again, another game that I can't believe is actually this important after like, I know. And and for the reasons that's important is that that's, that's the thing that gets me. I, man, I, I think this, look, I really, really like this Cowboys defense a lot. I really like them. I think, Micah Parsons is awesome. He's incredible. I I think top ten player probably. Yeah, he's getting up there. I'm gonna go ahead. I can't believe I'm saying this. I'm taking the Cowboys. Wow. I'm taking them to cover. I'm taking them in this game. I think they're gonna make Daniel Jones turn it over like three or four times, 
And I think they're going to make they're going to make use of those turnovers, and I think they're going to win this game. And and I'm going to take the slight over because I think they're going to score a lot of points off those turnovers. Balls on you. Okay. Yeah. I'm going to go the other way. I like the Giants here and the under. This is the frisky bull, man. I Look, I hate to say I'm buying into this, but I'm buying into this day ball hype. And the, the coaching has been really fucking good for him, especially in game. That's the big thing. See, there's a huge difference here with him and Hackett. Hackett never called a goddamn play and didn't develop anything that I know of. But we have Dable who called plays in Buffalo and shepherded Allen to, you know, what we see now where, you know, here on a on a Monday night, he's up uh, 41 to 7 on the Titans. He's got four touchdowns and 317 yards. I don't think anyone really thought this is what he was going to turn into. I really don't. I mean, people thought there was potential there, right? But Dayball, just to get back to the point, his in-game coaching is really fucking good. And I think Cooper Rush had a great game this past weekend. I think he comes back down to earth a little bit. Uh, let's not go too crazy. He's a backup for a reason. I hear what you're saying. That Dallas defense is incredible. But it took a lot to to beat to beat Cincinnati. And I just think the Giants, they just look a little bit more buttoned up to me than Cincinnati right now. So give me the Giants here. Yeah, that's fair. I mean, that's that's fair. I just I just wonder about their ability to keep the handle of the ball and keep it out of, you know, the other team's hands. But yeah, I mean, it's it is it is a backup quarterback, you're right. And I mean it's gonna it's almost I can't believe I'm saying this. I'd almost watch this in prime time, which is a sick thing for me to say. It's a really sick thing for me to even say that, but like I almost, I almost kind of want to. <laughs> oh man, how is it in week two that the NFC East has two pretty interesting games right away? Uh, and we thought this division was going to be pretty crappy. All right, Andrew, bridge to nowhere. Thursday night, Steelers at Browns. Browns three and a half over under forty and a half. What do you got? Um, yeah, again, um, steel like that Steelers Patriots under was like the easiest thing to ever call, and I oh what a layup, complete layup. I I again, we'll see how long the Trubisky experiment goes. I mean, for me, I have to keep going because of my player prop bet, but I I don't see it. I don't foresee it going well very much longer. Look, I know the Browns blew that lead on Sunday. It sucked, but they were doing really good things up until that. Nick Chubb looked awesome. Brissett actually looked pretty well. Yeah. I'm actually going to take the Browns in this game and I'm going to say the under, I just think that Cleveland has too much talent and I think they're going to be able to expose some things on the Steelers again. I don't trust Trubisky, yada, yada, yada. I, I just, I really believe in Cleveland of, to be able to take this game. I know they just got their hearts ripped out of their chest on Sunday, but I think they're going to take this game. Yeah. I agree with you. The Browns win, but I think the Steelers cover and I like the under here. Both teams have awful quarterbacks, Andrew. I, oh, I mean, Mitch Trubisky's bad, but uh, Brissett is almost he, he's worse. <laughs> Backbreaking interception at the end of the game. There, I uh, can't do it. Uh, look, the Browns do run the ball very well, and that'll be the reason they win. But you know, these two teams know each other very well. It's not like it'll be a surprise for the Steelers. Uh, it's a stay away, but I think the Steelers 
managed to stay just close enough to cover. Uh, and again, that Browns passing game is a non-starter for me. Let's go ahead and go to the Texans at Bears. Texans two and a half over under 39, Andrew. What do you got? Can I take neither? <laughs> you have to pick somebody. Uh, I know. Uh, this, I mean, this isn't a stay away game. This is live on a different island from this person <laughs> game. But like, I take I, some I ayahuasca, think, man, and then bet this one. I, yeah, I, I, yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'm going to say, I don't want to say this, but. I'm probably gonna pick the Bears. Oh, okay. I, I guess I guess they're gonna be okay. Look, I know this Texans team is really frisky, but they still haven't shown me they can win a game yet until they prove so. At least I've seen the Bears do it. Yeah. So I know that, and I know they had just that horrendous gaffe on the goal line against the Packers. But I don't know. I don't exactly trust Houston either. I'm gonna say that the Bears. I'm going to take the over because I think there's going to be some nonsense in this game. I don't know why, but I just get this really bad feeling. There's just going to be some weird stuff that happens and someone's going to score like, off, you know, blocked punt. Right, right. You know, some some interception return for a touchdown, like all that nonsense. Sure. Although, you know, the Bears have been in some pretty low scoring games, so I could easily see it being an under. But I don't know why. I just I feel like the over because there's just going to be some nonsense. I love it. We're going up. We're going different directions here. I like the Texans and the under. I, you know what? I would take the over if not for the fact it's in Chicago and that field is just awful. Uh, True. It's, that's maybe the worst in the NFL. Uh, You know, I thought this really was going to be the, uh, the bowl for the first overall pick. I thought both teams were going to be 0 2 by now, but uh, it might still be, but. Like you mentioned earlier, I feel like the Texans are just friskier. And, you know, my boy, my long neck, Davis Mills, is the better quarterback of the two. So I'm going to go ahead and kind of lean that way. I do share your concerns, though. The Texans, they're good for like 95% of the game. And then at the end, they're like, oh, yeah, we got to try to get the first overall pick. Let's fuck it up. Yeah. So, yeah, maybe maybe we'll maybe we'll uh, we'll get Lovey Smith to fuck it up. Uh, last bridge to nowhere. Sunday night, 49ers at Broncos. This is a pick 'em over under 43. I, I kind of want to go ahead and take this one to start with, Andrew. I love the Niners here. Uh, and I like the under. And I love it because Jimmy Garoppolo is back, baby. Jimmy GQ. Uh, it's crazy to me they aren't favored. This Broncos team is not good. We've talked about it extensively. Uh, Wilson is clearly a diminished player. He can't really scramble around anymore and do stuff. Um, yeah, I I like the Niners here. I don't think I have I don't think I have brought this category into the vernacular of this podcast yet. But uh, this is what I would call the slam the table pick. Uh, slam the Niners! My God! My God! Like seriously, are you kidding me? No, like this team is gonna completely embarrass the Broncos on Sunday night. I'm going to say it right now. Like I think Shanahan's a better like league's better coach. You can have all your quibbles about him. He's better. He's far and away better than Hackett. Their, their, their offense with that. Like, look, I know the ceiling of the team isn't higher with Jimmy, but like, it's going to be steady and steady is going to be incompetent by a mile on Sunday. Like that's, that's my biggest thing. Like the Niners have a great defensive line. They have good defense overall. They have, a decent amount of weapons. We'll see if Kittle comes back in, but like, I just trust this team, man. Like I trust them to get it done. And I think they're going to absolutely like 
shellac the Broncos on Sunday night. And I think it's not even going to be close. I don't care if it's in Denver. This 49ers team is going to absolutely embarrass them. And I think this is something that I would have to implore people to pick the Niners. I can't, yeah, I can't believe it's a pick them either. Yeah. I, I think Debo Samuels has a huge game. I think Ayuk has a huge game. I don't I don't give two shits if Kettle is playing. They're going to run over their ass, Andrew. Yeah. No, I'm going Niners, and I'm going the under as well. Yeah. I Is this our pick of the week? I think, yeah. Slam the table, 49ers. Let's go. Let's, uh, let's wrap up quickly here, Andrew. Montezuma special. Bengals at Jets. Bengals four and a half over under 43 and a half. What do you got? Man, I hate that the Bengals are in a Montezuma special already. This sucks. What <laughs> like what what happened? What happened to all their offensive line rebuilding, man? Like what happened? I don't get it. Well, it does take time. It does take time with the new I line. Know. But still, I mean, it's been it, very bad. We're Burp. just also also we're just getting some like unenviable coaching matchups, like <laughs> Zach Taylor versus Robert Sloth. Man, <laughs> tough beat. <laughs> Who do you think has the upper hand? The fact that one uh, of these coaches was in a Super Bowl a few months ago and we have to wonder who has the upper hand says a lot, Andrew. It says a lot. I mean, I mean, technically Salah was in a, was in a Super Bowl a couple of years ago, but, it, you know, D coordinator, I get it. Damn, man. Damn, I just, uh, I, I'm taking I mean, the Bengals like, here. Got, I'm taking the Bengals. Yeah, I'll take the Bengals. I, I don't feel good about it, but I got to take them because I hope they, they got to play better on offense, man. They yeah. got to find some. I got to take the under here, too. I just think both teams are going to struggle to score. Man. Man, I just... I, doesn't doesn't feel good, man. No, doesn't feel good. Uh, here's another slam the table for me, Andrew. Chiefs at Colts. Chiefs only six and a half over under 47. I mean, how is this not higher? Go ahead and take the Chiefs here. And uh, I like the under here because I don't think the Colts are scoring very much next weekend. Uh, I'll do you one. I'll do you one further. If you tease the Chiefs up to eight and a half or nine, I wouldn't blame you because I think they're going to be really good in this game. Oh yeah. They may not score. They may not score a ton of points, but I think they're going to just have their way with the Colts, uh, which which sucks because when I was looking at this early season schedule, I was actually really looking forward to this matchup. Yeah. And now it's just it's so lopsided. I mean, that's just how topsy. That's like my point about at the beginning of the podcast, so topsy-turvy that all these matchups have just been completely like jumbled as far as like what your expectations were for them in the beginning of the season, which might just again be the bizarro nature of September, but it's really feels like it just feels like everything feels really unstable and wobbly. And I just don't understand why <laughs> all these games have different priorities than others. Yeah. But yeah, I like, I like the chiefs in this one, just as far as the Colts, just not having their answers on offense yet. Yeah, Definitely. Chiefs, I mean, six and a half. Come on. Uh, last one here. Falcons at the Sea Chickens. Sea Chickens, two over under 42 and a half. Andrew, I like the Falcons in the under here. Seahawks are a bad team, and the Falcons are frisky as fuck. Uh, let me go ahead and get the Falcons here. I would like to say that I did call Falcons covering against the Rams last week. I have to point that out because I knew they but were going to be at least somewhat frisky. <laughs> I no, I did. I said it. Oh, you All did. Right. I'm gonna have to go check the tape. I I, def I, thought, I, I definitely pretty, did. You you so, you took the Rams covering. I'm pretty sure. Okay, now I gotta check my notes here because I thought. I mean, now I we gotta check the. Notes. It's the other way. 
Let me see here. Okay. Well, I, I felt pretty confident in the Falcons. I thought it was crazy that the Rams were favored that by that much. Now, were they up by that much at half? Yes. But like, I like this Falcons offense enough. I think they're going to, I think they're going to win this game and I take them. I absolutely take the cover. Obviously you are correct. Uh, I did take the Rams. Okay. I thought so. I was like, no, I was, I felt pretty good. Look, only thing I'll say about the Falcons, throw the ball to Kyle Pitts, man, please, (laughs) please. Love of God. Use him. I thought he was hurt. JK. Um, JK. (laughs) He was out there. I don't remember him. No, I, I, I I don't know what's going on with him, but like Jake, you know, Drake London's nice. I like him. Cordell Patterson's a fun weapon, obviously, but like they got to use him more. And look, Mario, the picks on Mario last yesterday, that's really unfortunate because he threw an out route to Cordell Patterson. Just kind of like, he kind of jumbled it around and then it landed in a Rams hands. The last pass, the, the rusher got in him, and he threw a jump ball to Brian Robinson, which he actually kind of had to play on, but Jalen Ramsey just, like, skied him yeah. and just took the ball away out of his hands. So I actually thought Mariota played fine yesterday. He just had a couple of unfortunate picks. But I do like this Falcons team. And as far as the, the Seahawks go, I mean, we'll see how we'll see how the, how long the, the, the genocide goes on for before <laughs> something else happens. I got to say, so, like, I watched a lot of that game for some reason, that Falcons one. And mm. I watched a lot of that Falcons game and Mariota, look, he's a backup at this point of his career. Nothing wrong with that, but he can do some things. Okay. Once in a while he can yeah. do some things. And I'll say this Drake London, 12 targets yesterday, eight receptions and a touchdown. No one else had more than three targets on that team. Pitts only had three targets. Yeah. I definitely agree with you, but I don't know that uh, Pitts is going to get more love anytime soon. Mm. Uh, Andrew, we wrapped this one up pretty quick, my friend. And uh, thanks again for doing this. And uh, hopefully uh, both of us aren't going to be too depressed by the end of uh, Sunday afternoon. One can hope. One can hope. All right, buddy. I'll see you next time. Later, dude.